0: Hello and welcome to the Buddha Brunch. My name is Ned. Buddha Brunch, by the way, is an opportunity, a platform to share creativity, artists, teachers, authors on all sorts of topics. Not just Buddhism per se, but that light, that divine intelligence in whatever shape, form it comes through. Today it is expressing through a wonderful dear teacher and friend, Martha Creek. Martha, thank you for being on the show.
1: It is my good pleasure, and I'm a little intimidated now when I hear that uh, it's Buddha brunch. I thought it was going to be Martha Ned brunch, so let's know that the Buddha is finding its way to all of humanity through us today, as well as Jesus, Mother Mary, (laughs) and everybody else that's been a master teacher for us.
0: Indeed, you know, I considered calling it the Christ chat or Dharma dinner or, you know, any of those, but Buddha brunch, it just kind of had a ring to it.
1: Thank you for the work you're doing, and it's a privilege for me to serve in this way. It meets my own objectives, which is how to get a message of practicality, of hope, of faith, of love, of peace, of possibilities out into
0: the world. Fantastic. And you can learn more about Martha at marthacreek.com. All of her upcoming engagements, she'll probably be speaking, doing seminars, often about the work of Byron Katie and all sorts of other fantastic stuff she does. I recently attended one of her seminars out at Unity Village and was so impressed. You know, the first thing she has us do is take off our spiritual hat. She says, let's get real, let's get down to it and just take off that spiritual hat. Can you tell us why you do that?
1: Well, because I've had to do it myself. I grew to learn that what I had defined as spiritual was limited at best and false in most cases, that just because I define something as spiritual doesn't make it so. And for me to define spiritual or spirituality is no different than me trying to define God or life or the universe and it is a it's a very limited perspective and an old worn out belief system so I continue to do that to stay more open minded and I encourage people then as they engage in the work and what I bring forth in the way of practical experiences to to think differently and to take off blinders and to put on a new pair of glasses and to see what the possibilities are if we could actually look upon things with a different lens and with a new lens and at least to experiment in that so that uh, we don't, I'm not asking people to give up their belief systems or their spirituality, but simply to put it aside just for a designated time period to see um, what is really true for me. And is this my own conviction or something I've adopted uh, from family of origin, from cultures, from traditions, or something I've adapted to without ever questioning to see, is this
0: really true for me? Sure. Sometimes in our spiritual practice, we think, all right, now I'm being spiritual. Now I'm doing the God stuff. And that draws a line that separates it from the rest of our life, our kind of mortal human experience, where the intention is actually, is to realize there is no separation between those experiences. The worldly is the divine. This is God in expression. So by inviting us at at your workshops and classes to let go of trying to be spiritual, let go of trying to not be human, we have an opportunity to, to face what is and to, to integrate it all,
1: absolutely. And it's where the majority of the pain is because this the way that we have defined I define spirituality and the way I witness people doing it is it's not even achievable in the human form. That we are hardwired, instinctually hardwired, and driven to do certain things, and we have certain patterns, um, and and other ways, modes of operating that can that the intellect or intention cannot trump so to try to deny those you know keeps them keeps us stuck in them keeps it in the shadow so to speak in the darkness instead of just taking the hat off opening the door opening the drawer dumping it out and going here's the all of me here is all the aspects of me which includes certainly a spiritual aspect that is infinite eternal and all is well, and one, and in oneness, and all that. And then there's emotional aspects, physical aspects, and these um, patterned aspects of ourselves that are not to be denied. And part of, I believe, my salvation is the integration of that.
0: So yes, that is where sometimes the nuggets, the juiciness, the gold can be found in the shadow. Rather than trying to pretend it's not there, and that life is perfect, we're gonna affirm all the good stuff, happy, positive thoughts. Let us look at what does come up. So many people I meet and talk to, like Jane Simmons of The Q Effect, just a couple of weeks ago I did an interview with her, and many, many other uh, metaphysicians talk about this concept. It's time to stop trying to you know, use denial in the sense of a psychological, nothing is wrong, nothing is bad, all is happy. Uh, so many individuals I speak with are are doing that they're embracing the shadow they're allowing what is and yet it seems like i don't know the institutions or so much of the organizations i don't know what it is still kind of cling to that old way of just think happy thoughts and pretend nothing negative ever happens i I don't know your thoughts on that
1: you know organizations are made up by people so i have to caution myself not to look as as an organization as an entity you know, and I actually tease in in the churches that I'm in that over the top of this door it says unity of blank. Now next week that sign could be down and it could say Ducks Unlimited and whatever the sign says is how we're going to behave within that building. So whatever brought us together through that door is what's uniting us and it, it really though is ethereal. The organization has its own DNA but it's made up of the bodies of the members that are in there and I think there was some attraction and still is some attraction to positive thinking. There's medical, scientific proof and evidence that to, um, to guard against negativity, complaining, uh, fault-finding, nitpicking, blaming, shaming, guilting, certainly has benefits, emotional, physical, proven scientific benefits, and the fact that it's still in our DNA that it's a human being, we're still, we are not immune from that. And to deny that we're immune from that or that it's not a part of our existence, for me, leaves me more stuck in it. So I've had more clearance, more uh, more of what I was seeking, more of what I was desirous of by integrating those aspects of myself than I have by trying to deny them and I gave it a go too. I bought into the deny 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 all as well all as well all as well and the whole while I'm affirming all as well my guts could be twisted my throat tight my head in a vice or secretly worried or afraid without giving voice to it so it was not authentic um, it was dreamy at best and uh, over time um, I saw that it was false for me it was not authentic and nor sustainable, and I did not want to be a part of, and I I, at this point do not want to be a part of promoting something that I'm not practicing or something that I've not given a true test of in my own life. So it's not uh, integral for me to keep putting forth something that is not a part of my own spiritual practice, and not just practice, but application and conviction.
0: It seems the art is to yes allow and acknowledge those icky feelings the bad stuff not to resist it and try to pretend it doesn't exist and yet deny that it has power over us not to dwell in that muck and unintentionally or unconsciously make a habit of always complaining
1: i think ned that was the basis of the teaching i think that's what was appealing and i think it got sideways as we misunderstood it that it doesn't deny that it exists, but it denies that it has power over me. So through practice, through application, through awareness, and through absolute disciplines, spiritual disciplines and spiritual practice, we can overcome. So that just because I have a tendency to blame or I'm from a family of blamers or complainers, it doesn't mean that it has to be my existence or my way of life. So as much as it's tempting to do it, lead us not into the temptation of that, but deliver us from that because then thine is the power. There is the power of another way of being in the world there is the power of another way of living a life and until i take the trip then um under its effects.
0: And along with that, as we integrate all of that, we're able to, or the goal is to rise above judgment. And this is another topic I think we wanted to touch upon today, to let go of the right and wrong, you know, consciousness. I'm going to open that up to you. Your thoughts?
1: I think that that is a goal, certainly, to rise above judgment and not maybe in the way that we think or the way it's been taught with ye not, ye not, least ye be judged. It was my misunderstanding of that quote, that understanding, that the mind judges 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even in our sleep, the mind is judging up, down, right, wrong, black, white, tall, short, fat, skinny, too much, too little. So its whole operating system is that of a judgment, of a comparison, of having to name it something, and that I mistakenly then, my sin is that I mistakenly called it good and bad, instead of what is, is. What is. And part of the human experience includes death, for example, and life. Instead of death is bad and life is good. The both and, so it includes whatever, marriage and divorce. And until I lift my good and bad filter off of that and my righteousness about what's right and wrong and what's good and bad, then I'm again stuck in that and I'm I'm a hostage To an old worn-out belief system. And it seems limiting at best to me. And I'm better off. I have more peace and more space, more presence, more clarity of mind when I'm able to see things for what is, is, versus right and wrong and good
0: and bad. So when things still come up, when I have an experience, I feel like that was just wrong. Something, somebody, something happened, an injustice, and my mind goes to That was not fair. What are the skills that I can use to not get trapped in that victimhood or that uh, blaming and shaming mentality? What do you have? Well,
1: just like what you said, that to the degree that you can stay factual about that, like that wasn't fair. And then be informed by that. So if I'm not going to continue to do business with people that do business unfairly and I don't have to judge it. It's like if the stove is hot, I'm not going to touch it if I can avoid it, and I'm not going to judge the stove for doing what a stove does. So if I pick up a snake, it bites me. It's insane to judge a snake for biting. It's like that's what snakes do. I'm going to be informed then that, oh, this is something I want to learn from, and I don't want to keep picking up a biting snake, or I don't want to keep touching a hot stove. And it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. And the power that I found in it is grounded in how I'm going to relate to what happens. So I'm either going to be reactive to it, victimized by it, or I'm going to be informed by it and, and then build my life around how can I relate to this differently and actually grow and, and get wiser and more sensible, more resourceful in relationship to it.
0: For me, a good indicator is when I hear myself saying, I can't believe they did that or I can't believe that just happened. Well, if I listen to those words, I can't believe this. That's an indication to me. I'm not living in reality. This literally just happened. I observed that it happened, and I'm trying to tell myself I can't believe what I, my own mind and senses just perceived.
1: Absolutely, which is an absolute example of delusion. This fantasy-based thinking we've set up that says no. And now, in my fairy tale, which I've established in my mind. My delusion, my little perfect world, things like this do not occur. And then life shows up and says, oh, well, here, honey, in real life, in actual reality, these things do occur. So then we're naturally going to say, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. How dare them? Can you believe this happened? And it's like, it's just one more indicator for me to take down my fantasy-based thinking and align myself with reality.
0: And all the people you meet, what is the biggest challenge people have in doing this work?
1: I believe the plight of humanity is that there's something wrong with us. And then we fear that so deeply that we get more and more righteous trying to defend it, trying to prove we're all right, trying to prove we're okay, trying to be okay um, while we secretly believe we're not okay, and that we're not okay till we do certain things or achieve certain things or acquire certain things, and that there's a common thread that runs through all of humanity I've ever seen um, that is, I'm not okay, there's something wrong with me, and a deeply, deeply um, held fear uh, and belief that I'm alone or that I'll be alone. I believe that we're here for the healing of that and to not only to talk about oneness, but to experience oneness and to find creation, creator, um, God, life, universe, mind in all things.
0: Fantastic. Would you say underneath every belief of there's something wrong with you underlies that is the belief there's something wrong with me.
1: Yes, and I've worked with people over the course of my life but professionally for 20 years now out in the field and I've been in various schools, mystery schools and intensive processes and sequestering and the nine-day school for the work many times, staffing these things. I've worked with people from 25 or 30 countries the very different cultures, upbringing, very different circumstances of their life from everything from A to Z. And the thinking is the same. Four beliefs and the thinking is the same.
0: As we are bringing our brunch time to a close, anything else come up on your heart and on your mind today?
1: I would just encourage everybody to believe nothing, (laughs) question everything, to really pause um, be kinder and more compassionate to yourselves I'm taking my own (laughs) advice as I hear myself say it today many opportunities every day for me to do that I would love for humanity to do that whatever works for you work it use it if what you're working does not work step back and try something different and you're on a free life and you're, I encourage you to exercise the freedom that we have here in our humanity to explore, and I believe and pray that you know your own infinity and your own eternity. And if there's a way I can serve you, in realizing that, find one of these workshops, get online, call me, email me. If there's any way I can serve in the notion of your wholeness as I do my own work. I'm delighted to, to be a part of that. And Blessings to you, Ned, for taking the time and the energy and the resources you put forth here in this Buddha branch to reach humanity and to serve in your way too.
0: Thank you. And Martha Creek is very accessible, very available. MarthaCreek.com, all of her upcoming appearances and classes are there. Also tons of material that you can get freely, just available to you and on a love offering basis. So allow that prosperity to circulate. Be part of the source. Be that part of creation with her. And if you have enjoyed Buddha Brunch and you want to be co-creator with me, In this content, I do vlogs, blogs, videos, all on nedkelly.net. It is all available there. And you can find me on patreon.com, which is a crowdfunding resource similar to GoFundMe or Kickstarter, but it is for artists, content producers such as myself on an ongoing basis. So patreon.com slash nedkelly and be a part of this work. Reverend Martha Creek, thank you so much. It's really fun. I look forward to having you back on the show again if you are open to that sometime.
1: I am. Just let me know when. Let's get it scheduled. And I welcome any chance our past would cross in.
0: MarthaCreek.com. Martha, thank you so much. Namaste. Blessings. Blessings.